Hi everyone, this week of Fees Fanatics, we unpack, we unpack our local government elections and discuss the voter turnout and what this could mean for South Africa's future. So stay tuned um, because we're going to have a good show. Hi, welcome to Freedom Fanatics. This is a production of the Freedom Advocacy Network. And I'm Sholan, and this week I'm joined by Marius Ruud and Nicholas Lorimer, um, our election experts. Um, and so our local government elections were held yesterday. Um, and it's exciting times for South Africa uh, because we might see a shift in power or we might not. And we'll be discussing the winners and losers of this election in this episode. Um, and um, so... Marius, before our election started, we saw some predictions and polling that predicted the ANC um, would dip and possibly lose their majority below 50%. Um, we saw the DA, you know, scrapping along around 20%, 22%, and the EFF maybe not even going above um, 12% nationally, um, all their votes um, calculated together. And Marius, first up, before we attend to the big parties, I first want to hear from you. Um, what can we expect, or what have we seen of the performances of the new boys on the block, like Action, SA, um, the Good Party, and the range of independent candidates and movements um, across the country? Uh, well, Action, SA has done pretty well. They're sitting at about 18% of the votes in Joburg at the moment. Uh, of course, it's still quite early days, so this could change. But overall, this is a pretty good result for Action SA. They also got about 67% of the votes in uh, Chwane and Ekruleni. Uh, they only decided to run in six municipalities in the whole country. Um, uh, four, four municipalities in Gauteng, I think. and oh no, three, three in KZN and three in Gauteng. So they, they focused their efforts. But uh, overall, I think they've done pretty well. They're probably going to be the kingmakers in Johannesburg. And it's not impossible that we'll see uh, Herman Mashaba being mayor of Joburg again once uh, all the dust has settled. Uh, when it comes to somebody like Good, I think uh, they're going to be fairly disappointed with uh, their results. They haven't done all that well. They're only sitting about 4% in the Cape Metro, uh, 4% overall in the Western Cape. So I think for them, it's quite an underperformance. I don't think they're going to be uh, too happy about it. But uh, when it comes to these, some of these smaller parties, we've, uh, especially in the Western Cape, we've seen some of them do pretty well. Uh, for example, in the Cedarburg on the uh, West Coast, uh, a party called Cedarburg Easter. They came second. They got about 27% of the votes. And uh, that was actually quite a bad result for the DA. In 2016, the DA was the biggest party there with 55% of the votes. They dropped down now to 20%. They came a third behind the ANC, who got 35%, and Cedarburg Erster, who got um, 27%. So, and then if we look at a couple of places in the Karoo, we see uh, there's some parties doing well. There's uh, a, the, a party in Kanaland, which is uh, Carlos Thorpe and those kind of areas we've seen. Uh, parties like the K uh, Karoo Independent Party, I think it's called, or Kanaland Independent Party, DOK. We've seen Ecosa also do out in the Western Cape in some municipalities. Mm -hmm. There's also been the Patriotic Alliance, which uh, did quite well in Beaufort West. They got about 20% of the votes in Beaufort West. So we've definitely seen some of these smaller parties, and especially in the Western Cape, uh, do well. And they, some of them could be uh, uh, 
be kingmakers once we once we see coalitions and so on and forth. So uh, when it comes to uh, uh, individual independence, it's a little bit hard to say. We have to wait for you know ward results to come in and so on. But uh, yeah, uh, we, we're definitely seeing some smaller parties do quite well. Uh, but then also there's some smaller parties that will be quite disappointed. Like I said, uh, I think Good will be quite disappointed with their results. Yeah. So that's exciting to know that there that there is some competition happening um, with the smaller parties, and will probably play an important role once coalitions are being formed. Um, Nicholas, um, on to you. You know, with regards to our top three political parties, um, um, the ANC, the DA, and the EFF. Um, I, I, we'll see if Action SA one eventually becomes one of our top three parties. But with regards to our top three parties, what do we see with the results? Um, have they been giving a good performance or should they be worried? So it's still a little bit difficult to tell uh, for the EFF and the DA because there are, you know not enough of the results are in. But I think we can say one thing for sure, which is that the ANC has not done great. Uh, they seem to have gone backwards over most of the country. And a lot of that, I suspect, is due to the fact that the turnout was so low for the election. Very few ANC people came out to vote. Uh, and... I wouldn't be surprised if the final result, result puts them below 50% of all votes in the country. Um, the, the EFF, it's also a little bit difficult to tell, but it doesn't seem like they've made any great breakthroughs. Uh, they certainly haven't grown uh, like they did between the national and, and local government elections. They've sort of coasted along um, at, a, at, a, a, at a similar rate to last time, maybe a little bit of growth uh, over what they got in 2016. The DA is a very difficult story to tell because it depends where you look. If you look in Johannesburg, the DA has taken a massive beating to Action SA, but still managed to maintain its majority in the vast majority of its wards. I don't, uh, so far, I haven't heard of a single DA stronghold ward where the Action SA has managed to break through. In fact, it seems most of the places where there was a very divided electorate between the ANC and DA in the past, uh, and that the DA was maybe slightly winning in, Action SA, while it did hurt the ANC a bit, it seems to have hurt the DA more. So in Joburg, DA has not done great. Um, in Tswane, the DA seems to have done okay, although it's still too early to tell. Mm -hmm. In other places like Cape Town, DA seems pretty solid, as though uh, it looks like very little has gone wrong for it there. Uh, in uh, there's, there's uh, I think it's the area around Howick um, in, in KZN, the DA has actually managed managed to win that municipality it looks like or at least is very close to winning it um not enough of the results are in coca which uh, was a da municipality in the eastern cape uh that's the area around kind of jeffrey's bay the da has done pretty well there uh so i think we're still going to have to wait and see but so far a mixed bag for the da some good results some bad results we'll see what comes up I think yeah. Midvale is also a good uh, good municipality to flag. In 2016, the DA got uh, about 60% of the votes in Midvale. Now it's also uh, all the results aren't in, but it's about 78% of the results are in. And the DA is at nearly 70% of the votes in Midvale. So I think yeah. that's quite a good result for. I mean, it was always going to hold it to Midvale, but I think getting 70% of the vote there is a very good result. So I think uh, the DA is definitely going to go backwards in the Western Cape, but I think this could be tempered a bit by results in the rest of the country. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do think those, those results are definitely encouraging. Um, I know it's early to tell, but for you guys, um, I'd like to hear both of your opinions on this. Who do you think will be the biggest winner and will be the biggest loser um, during this election cycle? What do you expect? Marius, you can go first. 
I think the biggest loser is definitely going to be the ANC. They're probably going to get under 50% of the results of the vote. And I think this is a, obviously this is a local government election. So getting 50% under the, uh, getting less than 50% nationally doesn't mean anything for national government, but it's a big psychological blow against the ANC. First time ever in a, uh, in, in an election that the ANC is participating in that they'll get then fewer than 50% of the uh, voters will be voting for them. Uh, I think uh, the the big winners so far from looking at this, we're going to, especially the community parties in the Western Cape, we've seen them do pretty well. I think a lot of them will be uh, kingmakers. And I think the other winner is definitely going to be uh, Herman Mashaba in Gauteng, specifically Johannesburg. Looks like he's on course for between 15 and 20% of the vote, which is a pretty good result, I think, for uh, what is quite a new party. Uh, and I think that uh, I think that probably sets up Herman uh, Mashaba and Action SA for they could play quite a big role in uh, who governs Gauteng in 2024. I think as it stands, we we'll definitely see the ANC going to 50% in Gauteng in 2024. And I definitely think uh, there'll be a coalition government after that. And Action SA has got quite a good chance of being part of that coalition, I think. So, but with, without a doubt, I think, uh, I mean, still it's a bit early to say, but I think the biggest loser in this election is definitely the ANC so far. Okay. And Nicholas, your thoughts? I think the EFF, you can also argue, has not done great this election. They haven't lost as big as the ANC for sure. But they, I think, like to spin this narrative that they were the inevitable next big opposition party, that they would destroy the DA, that they would become the big dogs, and that they would lead the ANC down the path of national democratic revolution, untethered by any restraint. And that just doesn't seem to be the case. Um, the EFF is stalling a bit. Uh, and, you know, I'm not terribly surprised. We've seen them encourage people to trash shops. We've seen them tell people to have 10 children, even if they can't support them. These are things that ordinary South Africans of all classes and all races look at and go, mm, I'm not so sure, hey? <laughs> so I don't think the EFF's message has been resonating. Um, now that Zuma is gone, they I think they gained a lot of support on the back of being an anti-Zuma ANC of a sort. Um, and now that Zuma's gone, I'm not sure whether they have anything clear to sell to the people because at the end of the day, most South Africans are not as radical as the EFF. Yeah, thanks for that insight. Um, I think I'm going to use this opportunity um, to um, just flag one of our um, articles, Marius, which was written by you, if I remember correctly, um, which is something um, that, see, the title says that um, this is something that what the Zambian elections can teach South Africa. And something you highlight um, in this article, um, you, you mentioned that a high voter turnout has the ability to essentially determine um, a election and oust a, the ruling party um, when voters actually turn out. But however, in the South African election, something we have unfortunately seen is that there has been a a lower voter turnout. Um, what it, what has what is what is this um, voter turnout in comparison to what we've seen in the past? And what are some of the reasons you think um, has caused um, our low voter turnout this election? Yeah, this uh, election has a very low, uh, low voter turnout. In twenty sixteen, about sixty percent of registered voters uh, came out to vote. This election, it's only going to be about thirty tops forty percent of registered voters will come vote. And that is quite concerning. That means people are checking out of the democratic process. In a democracy, mm -hmm. the best way to uh, make your voice heard and to uh, effect change is at the ballot box. But if people feel that they uh, that their vote means nothing, then they turn to protests, which often turn violent and so on. 
And uh, uh, obviously, you can't condone violent protests, but if people feel that the, uh, their voice is not being, being heard at the ballot box, they turn to these kinds of things. So I think uh, we, we just have to encourage people to vote. Uh, we, we have seen that change can happen at the ballot box, even the ANC listens to uh, or reacts to pressure at the ballot box. So that is something we've got to push. Yeah. And uh, we, we've seen what happened with those low voter turnouts. It's, uh, overall, there's been a high proportion of uh, opposition supporters who've come out, and a low proportion of ANC supporters. This is why we've seen this pretty disastrous uh, election result for the ANC. And I think the ANC should be worried. If we have similar kinds of uh, voter turnout in 2024, they're certainly going to lose their national majority, and then they'll be out of power. Uh, and yeah, that's and that's pretty much going to be the end of the ANC. We've seen it happens in uh, a number of African countries where a, a hegemonic party that's been in power for very long, once it loses majority and has to go into opposition, it often falls apart and doesn't. It um, it kind of loses its reason for existing. You use the Zam, you put up the Zambian elections there as a uh, that article. Uh, so UNIP was the Zambian uh, governing party from 1964 to 1991. Uh, and when they lost power in 1991, uh, they, they basically stopped existing. I think now they get about 1% of the votes in Zambian elections. Same thing with the National Party in this country. They were the party that, you know, nobody thought for, for a while, people thought National Party would be in charge forever, a party would carry on forever. That changed. National Party won 20% of the votes in the first uh, post-apartheid election. Ten years later, they won uh, less than 2% of the votes, and now they also don't exist anymore. So when, when, once these big parties lose their national majority and come out of power, it's Often they, they crumble very quickly. And uh, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that within 10 years' time, the ANC might not even exist. Yeah. So something I can definitely tell you I'm hoping for is to that in my lifetime, I will still be able to see the ANC at 1%. Um, that will be exciting times for me. Um, Nick, um, another question, just to add on to um, the comments Marius made. Something that I want to ask you is, when we watch the news, we see social media, a lot of criticism has been placed on the IC. Um, for the low voter turnout. But my question to you is essentially, do you think that the IC and political parties have done enough to actually encourage voters to, you know, here we have, we have something on offer for you, come out and vote for us. Have the political parties done enough and have the IC um, done enough to actually create a proper environment for people to cast their votes? Yeah, I think honestly the political parties, I think people do give them a hard time. There is There is something to vote for. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's actually quite a lot of flavors. If I don't know, at least in Johannesburg, when I voted yesterday, there was the proportional representation ballot was enormous. There were so many parties on it. And I think that was true over a lot of the country. So there's definitely things to vote for out there. The IEC, though, I, I must say I was not impressed. Uh, there was this attempt to cancel the election, of course, which was defeated in court. Uh, the IEC, as far as I can tell from everything I've heard, was ran the election yesterday pretty badly. There were lots of very long queues. There were places running out of ballots very easily. There were systems that went down. Uh, and this is following a trend in the, I, I think, the IC's deteriorating ability to hold um, elections. And I think this this definitely has contributed to the low voter turnouts is the IEC's general ineptitude. There's a lot of other things. There's no one reason for low voter turnout, but that's certainly not helping. And yeah, and something that we see, I, it's hard to argue with you, Nick, that the fact is that there are a range of political parties for us to choose from, which means there is something that we can at least agree with or stick with a political party and vote for them. Um, but something we're also seeing is um, that 
issues such as you know property rights, respect policies will continue to become um, important issues which around which political party centers themselves around. So we will start seeing that there will be um, pol um, political parties like the DA, XNSA, um, um, Freedom Front Plus, the ACDP. These parties will, for example, become more pro or will be more pro um, property rights and will have negative views on race-based policies. We on the other side, we might start seeing that the ANC and the EFF only go deeper into and have favorable views of um, race-based policies and more state control, things we know negatively impact our country. And do you think that this political realignment will somehow be an important thing for um, the 2024 elections? Marius, I'll come to you first on this. Um, when we look forward to the 2024 elections, um, what is one of the most important political issues um, or important policy um, issues that you think will play an important role in our politics um, looking forward to 2024? Yeah, I think definitely things like expropriation without compensation and things like uh, unemployment are also, I think, going to be uh, very uh, you know, big issues going forward to 2024. Uh, I think we're probably going to see two kind of kinds of broad coalitions probably emerge. One that's, uh, you know, broadly for the free market, and the other one that's for more status policies. Yeah. We'll have to see what uh, people decide to vote for. We've seen that. I mean, I think Herman Mashaba, uh, he's he's got some funny ideas and some things, but he's broadly a yeah. free market guy. We see that he's got he got uh, he's got nearly twenty percent of the votes in um, uh, Johannesburg. So there's definitely a kind of market for that. I think mm -hmm. uh, it just shows that there is a market for this sort of a fairly conservative free markets kind of party uh, and uh, the the DA could kind of be that but I think a lot of people are turned off from the DA for uh, certain reasons so maybe Mashaba could uh, fill that kind of role but I think what we're definitely going to see in 2024 is some kind of coalition and I think South African political parties need to grow up very quickly and because that's coalition politics you need uh, mature uh, politicians mature political parties for uh, coalitions to work. Like we see in Germany, Germany's basically been governed by a coalition constantly, or co various coalitions since the end of World War II. And they obviously don't have the kind of chaos we've seen in places where we've had coalitions in South Africa, Nelson Mandela Bay, China, for example. So I think that's, uh, we better hope that our political parties grow up very quickly because imagine the chaos that we saw in China and Nelson Mandela Bay, but at a national level. After and Joburg. And Joburg, yeah. It's going to make things uh, very interesting. Uh, but interesting in the Chinese sense, too. <laughs> um, uh, Nick, on 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 your side, what is the important policy or political issue um, you think will have an effect on our twenty twenty four election? So I think I think the things Morris mentioned, but I think generally speaking, twenty twenty four in a lot of ways is going to be a referendum on the ANC. The ANC has been this massive force in South African politics over the last couple of decades. It's really been at the center of our political life, an enormous percentage, a portion of our academia, of our journalists, of our ordinary people, quite frankly, can't imagine a South Africa without the ANC in it. And so the question of whether the ANC should remain that central force in South Africa or not is going to be decided, I think, in the next election. And that is why next election will possibly be the most important one since 94. I mean, that's a very cliched statement. People like to say that all the time about elections, but I really do think that that's going to be true for 2024. It will be a, a sort of next decade defining election, at mm. least. Sure. That's that's quite important. But thank you guys for your analysis and your insights and your opinions. It always 
really um, fatter and I appreciate it. Um, and now we've reached the end of this episode. So don't forget to catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and IGTV. And to join fan, you can, sign, you can support our fight for freedom and sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And remember, guys, that your freedom is worth fighting for. Thank <laughs> you.